We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So the assignment today is to talk about one particular ayah of the Qur'an. Why are you, why are you hiding back there? Why don't you move over here? Okay. So, so <clears throat> uh, first question. If I, if I were to ask you to describe a religious person, how would you describe that person in terms of what that person does, what that person looks like, what that person says? Yes, sir. I, just, I would describe him as a person who like, really deeply cares about Islam or another religion, okay. who uh, worships every day um, very extensively, okay. uh, who follows his uh, book. Who follows his step religion like very seriously? His step religion? Like his like whatever religion. He okay, so 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 he he's super super deep into his religion, follows <laughs> it every single day. Okay, good. What else? What else would you say uh, is a description? What would you give as a description of someone who is religious? Dun dun dun! Raise your hand. Or you know what I should do? I should call on people. Oh yeah, yeah, Solomon. Monks and scholars? Yeah. 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 Those two people. And what is it about, like, a monk or a scholar? Well, let's see if they've, like, dedicated their life just, <coughs> like, solely toward, or, like, mostly toward their, mostly toward their religion. Okay. Okay. So they've taken it quite seriously. Okay. Okay. What else? Ladies. Yes. Okay. But it's somebody who probably, well, I don't know, like, they really strongly believe in their religion, this and that. Okay. And, like, they would, I don't really know, it's like, it's strange to put it that way. Yeah, well, those are good, those are good. Okay, okay. What else? What else is another description? I think each and every one of you should give us a description at some point. What else is a description? Now the pressure's on. Now you have to talk. What would you say? How would you describe someone who's religious? Someone who integrates like their religion and like their everyday life. Oh, that's pretty neat. So they, they, they integrate their religion with their everyday life. All right. How would you describe someone who's religious? Um, someone who cares very deeply about their religion and kind of puts it before the rest of the things in their life. Okay, so they even put their religion before everything else. Yes, sir. Uh, someone that has a, a connection to something that's greater than them, someone that's okay. greater than them, okay. and not necessarily what they practice, but how they feel and the connection that they have with that person. Okay, so that person or thing or, yeah. being, or being or God. Or God. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, so this, this connection. Raise your hand. Yes. Taqwa, define for us what is taqwa. Okay. 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 How about another person? How would you define someone who's religious? Someone who's strict and wants to like influence other people with their beliefs. Someone who's strict, interesting with their beliefs, and and they influence other people. All right. Yes, sir. More active in your religion than maybe other people. Okay. 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 
Uh, all of you are giving me uh, a, a one consistent point, which is dedication. Okay? So now let's shift it. Uh, on a given day, like Sunday, in 2017, tell me what does a religious person do? Or Monday in 2017. How would you answer this question? Yes. Okay, so the wake for fudger. Um, what else? Yes. Me? Yeah. Um, like, if they're Christian, they'd go to church every Sunday and they'd be sort of like. Pay attention. Pay attention, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yes. Okay, so they'd read Quran. Okay, yes. If the person was Muslim on Friday, they'd go for two minimums. Okay, okay. What else? What else would would random religious person do? Today, yesterday, tomorrow. You look like you're about to say something. You know you want to. Okay. All right. Yeah. I feel like what you're trying to get at is more of a question of what they like, how they act in ethics. Could be. Could be. Okay. Then explain that. They're not just gonna do what the religion prescribes in terms of um. Okay, so they'll also be good to other people in addition to acts of worship. Anything else? Uh, or let's shift it. Or we got to say something. You can. Okay, so we're going to pray in the, in the religious practices. Uh, what does... Uh, so I want you to picture a religious person. Okay, first question. And just this person that you have in mind, is this person a man or a woman? Okay, what do you what do you picture? Man or woman? Woman? I mean, really? Are they, <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Woman, a man. Man. Woman, but Okay. Okay, that's what you actually pictured, or this is what you're just saying. I believe. Yeah. What did you picture? Man. 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 Okay, interesting. Okay. Okay. Aunties, what did you picture? Woman. Woman? Yeah, okay, no, no, you're spending too much time thinking. <laughs> okay, so just neither like ET or something. Okay. Okay. Maybe men, I don't know. Maybe? Okay, okay. Okay. An angel, mashallah, mashallah. Okay. All right. Um, what is, again, don't tell me what you're supposed to say. I want you to tell me what came to mind. What does this religious person, what is this religious person wearing in your image? Yes. I don't know, they have a beard. <laughs> I thought, you had a woman? A woman? No, I picked a man. Oh, you picked a man? She's wearing like a hijab. Okay. A hijab or, I mean, like, Okay, interesting, yes. Okay, Jill Bob. A big black jilbab, yes. A jilbab and hijab. A pink hijab. Pink hijab, nice. Shalar kameez. Shalar kameez. Thobe. Thobe. Shalar kameez. Thobe. It was like a long cloth tunic thing. A cloth tunic thing? I don't know how to describe it. You know what we call a tunic thing? What? A kameez. Okay, yeah. A tofu. 
a topi. Nothing else, just a topi. What is your first word? Part of my brain talks about the scarf and the beard, but the other part of my brain keeps telling that that should not be the criteria. Okay. But that's part of the exercise, yes. What do you think of? Abaya, okay. Yes. What did you think of? I think you're still thinking about the previous question. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So, so none of you describe yourselves. So if I were to ask you, are you religious, none of you would describe yourselves? Why? Sorry? You asked, are you religious? No, I didn't ask that. The question is, are you... No, you said. What I said. <laughs> oh. He's going to go to law school. If I asked, are you religious, would you describe yourself? That doesn't make sense. It's a what? yes or no question. Okay. But, yes. Oh, that was pretty deep. Okay. All right. Nice, nice. But you guys could be at home on, on your random Sunday, and here you are at the Islamic Center. Maybe it's not by choice, right? Maybe you have no choice but to be here. But I think some of you have a little bit of fun here, hopefully, hopefully, a little bit, you know, when Dr. Mohi is teaching it, right? Okay. Or, none of you describe me, right? You We're thinking of someone better than you. Okay, yeah. Okay, I got the beard? Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. And you definitely didn't describe Dr. Mohi over here, right? In an Argyle sweater, right? Isn't that the mark of somebody religious? Yeah. So, <clears throat> this is a, a, a serious question for a few reasons. Uh, if you're not describing yourself as religious, and this, don't answer for me, but answer it for yourself, then ask yourself what you would need to change to be able to say yes to that question. Okay. Would it be something you'd have to increase in terms of your prayers? Would that then make you religious? And how many prayers would you have to make on a regular basis? Right? Would you have to dress a different way? To, be, uh, to consider yourself religious. So if someone asked you, are you religious, and what would you need to do to, to say yes? Okay. Would you have to change something else in your conduct outside of clothing, outside of acts of worship, to consider yourself religious? So not talking about yourself, but thinking about your peer group, what would you say would be some things that people would need to change? Or improve upon, let's change it. All of us have space to improve upon. What would be some things that people would need to improve upon in general to be able to classify themselves <coughs> as religious? How would you answer that question? Yes? Okay, okay. So for some of us, so you don't have to point fingers at yourself, but that's cool. Um, so for some of us, you might have to pray five times a day. What else? What else would someone... Yes, sir? I, I like how you're like in the stadium seating back here. But okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Wake up for fudger? Okay. Meaning wake up on time for fudger, yeah. right. Because, I mean, my undergrads, they probably wake up at 3 o'clock p.m. for fudger. But, okay. <laughs> yeah. What else? What else would you have to change? Yes? Maybe become more selfless. Selfless. That's a big word. What does that mean? Just not as selfish. Okay, thank you for giving me the opposite. But, like, what, but what does that mean? What does it mean to be selfless? Uh, just, I guess, care more about others than Okay, that's pretty nice. Yes. Okay, good. So, like, even when people ask me, are you religious? Usually, the first answer that comes to mind, for me, is no. Because then I think of my father, and I think of my mother, 
my father prays all five prayers in the masjid, right? I mean, he's retired now, but even when he worked full-time, he would still pray all five prayers in the masjid, to the point that he didn't even like to go to dinner parties if it meant he was going to miss one of his prayers, right? One of the, the prayers at the masjid, right? So that is, in my mind, what it means, you know, what it means to be religious, at the very least, because that's far more than what I do, right? And on a given day, because my office is literally about 20 yards away from a masjid. Right? And so usually, on a given day, three days a week at least, I get three prayers in a masjid anyway. Right? And I'm not saying this to boast. This is the, the blessing that I have in terms of the situation I'm in. So, <clears throat> but there is one big part that is often left out, which, which J-Man over here was, was uh, uh, would you prefer that name or would you prefer that I call you something else? <laughs> how about how about Jamal? Does that work for you? I've had that enough. Sure. Okay, that works for you. Because I mean, it looks like you could be like a hip hop star if you call yourself Jamal, <laughs> right? You know? So, so the basic point being that um, so what Jamal over here, uh, you know, was was rapping was that uh, uh, there's also this ethical portion. Okay, so let's look at the surah, the ayah that that we brought up. Okay, and who would like to read for us? A translation. Yes, sir. It is not righteousness. Wait, oh, no. Yeah, that's okay. it. That's it. It is not righteousness that you turn your faces towards the east and the west, but righteousness is that, is this that one should believe in Allah, and the last day and the angels and the book and the prophets, and give away wealth out of love for Him, to the near of kin and the orphans and the needy and the wayfarer, and the beggars, and for the emancipation of the captives, and keep up. Uh, prayer and pay the poor rate, and the performers of their promise when they make a promise, and the patient in distress and affliction in, and in times of conflict. These are they who are true to themselves, and these are they who guard against evil. Okay, very good. So try to make a mental note of some of the points that we, that we heard in that ayah. Now let's jump forward, same surah, go to ayah number 255. Same surah. So either do a search... Or scroll down. Jamal, you got one to look at? Are you, are you two sharing? I want you to share. Wait, what are you? 255. So, Surah 2, colon, 255. What, what's, uh, what Starbucks drink are you drinking? Hot chocolate. Hot chocolate? Yeah. Starbucks? That's like $25, right? <laughs> you can get like Nestle's quick and just like, you know. Just eat it straight. Okay, right? Okay. Okay. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you need, you need to have your Starbucks. Yeah, I get it, yeah. That was the 255. 255. Yeah. Oh, that's the Starbucks. Sorry? I thought you said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 255. Yeah. Yeah. All right. How about one of the ladies read for us the. Uh, yes, please. Begins with Allah. Yeah. Allah, there is no deity except Him, the ever living, the sustainer of all existence. Neither drowsiness overtakes Him nor sleep. To Him belongs whatever is in the heavens and whatever is on the earth. Who is it that can intercede with Him except for by His permission? He knows what is presently before Him and what will be after Him. And they encompass not a thing of His knowledge except for what He wills. His mercy extends over the heavens and the earth, and their 
preservation, tires, and not. And he is the most high, the most great. Okay, very good. Okay, so this is a, uh, another ayah. Now let's jump forward, go all the way to surah <coughs> number 103. Yeah, all the way at the end of the Quran. Oh. So not ayah 103. Surah 103. Yeah, if you're going to scroll, it'll probably take about three hours. Surah Talasa. No, I got it. Please. Okay. Took me about two seconds. Surah 103 and then ayah 103. No, no, Surah 103 and it's just three ayahs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, how about, how about one of the men read for us the translation? Yes, sir. I swear by the time, most surely man is in loss, except those who believe and do good, and then and enjoin on each other truth, and enjoin on each other patience. Okay, very good. All right, now let's go to 112. <laughs> Surah, Surah 112. So, uh, when you get to it, how about, how about one of the women read for us? Yes, ma'am. Okay, okay. So we looked at four passages, right? The first one that begins with, it's not righteous that you do such and such, but righteous is such and such. And then the second ayah we looked at is speaking about Allah. The third ayah we looked at said, by the swift passage of time, mankind is in a state of loss except for blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't say blah, 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 but such and such. And then the fourth one is another ayah about Allah. Let's go to Surah 4. <laughs> yeah, jumping around. Surah 4, ayah, I think it's 68. So Surah Al-Nisa, it might be 69, but I think it's 68. Surah 4. 68 small and 69 is large. I don't know. Surah 4, I 68. Okay. Gentlemen, wait, who read the last one? A woman did, right? Man. Okay, go for it. And we would certainly have guided them into, in the right path. And the next ayah. And whoever obeys Allah and the Apostle, these are with those upon whom Allah has bestowed favors from among the prophets and the truthful and the martyrs and the good. And a, good, and a good, goodly company are they. Okay. okay, very good. All right, putting all these ayahs together, we're going to get a picture of what does it mean to be religious. So, what were all the ayahs that we looked at? Did we go to 69 or 70? 68, 69? Okay. Okay. So we're going to look at what does it mean to be religious. Let's start with the last one, and we're going to work our way backwards. So go back to this last ayah, Surah 4, ayah 68 and 69, where Allah says that he is going to guide them to the straight path. So what does it mean to be on the straight path we find in this ayah? And so the first description is that they obey Allah and his messenger. Okay. So meaning, if I want to be more religious, 
A way for me to become more religious. Hey, do you guys know about this? Okay, never mind. Okay. A way to become more religious is that I should increase my obedience to Allah and his messenger. Okay, how do I need how do I know what it is that Allah is telling me to uh, what to do? Where do I find that? Okay. So that means I need to increase Welcome. I need to increase my relationship with the Quran. Okay? Where do I find what the Prophet peace be upon wants me to do? So primarily we're going to actually say the Sunnah. If I just open up a book of hadith, uh, that's whoops, I'm even wrong even here. Okay. So again, uh, all of you understand this because you've been taught this in Sunday school for 50,000 years, but now we're all putting it in a, in a nice frame. So if I want to become more religious, I need to increase my obedience. Okay? But then what else does it say? Uh, it describes four types of people who are on the straight path. The first are the prophets, nabiyin, wasiddiqin, that's the second one, wasshuhada, wassalihin. So nabiyin, wasiddiqin, shuhada, shuhada, wassalihin. Okay. Uh, name somebody that we know that we call Sadiq. Not like one of your friends, but somebody in history. Yeah. You guys have any friends named Sadiq? Okay, because then they call themselves Sid, which I always think is interesting, because then I think of, I think of Ice Age. Okay, you remember Sid, your friend? There's a person in your, in your world that you have come across who is not, we're making it clear, not your friend. Yeah, okay. We'll call him Sid. He's your dad's friend. Okay, okay. Oh. He's your dad's friend, then he might be my friend. Okay, in any case. So, what'd you say? No, probably not. Okay, so, so what does it mean to be Siddiq? Siddiq means you recognize truth when you see it. So we talked about Abu Bakr last time. Remember when we were talking about the night journey? That when the Prophet, peace be upon him, came back from the night journey, and then he's telling everyone, this is what happened to me. Then, then some of the people who were skeptical went to Abu Bakr and said, can you believe what your friend is saying now? And he said, if he said it, meaning if the Prophet, peace be upon him, said it, then it's definitely true. So what did he say? Right? And so a result of being religious is that you will become better at seeing the truth. Okay? So what are we saying here? That one of the results of being religious is that your mind will get sharper. Okay. In terms of figuring out what is true from what is false. Okay. And this is a lot of reasons why you go to school in the first place. Part of the reason you're going to school is, is to go to the next grade, to go to the next grade, to go to the next grade, to go to professional school so that you can get a good job, inshallah. And part of what you're being trained in is to make your thinking sharper. Okay. And we're saying one of the consequences of being religious is that your thinking becomes sharper, which is the opposite of how we often teach religion. Often when we think of religion, we think of people who are dumb, right? You don't get into med school, you don't get into engineering, you don't, you don't get into law school, so then you go to Islamic school, right? I mean, people like me. No, anyway, anyway so, so the point being, this is a consequence, but we're keeping this on a board for a reason. Uh, what are the shuhada? What does it mean to be shaheed? Like if we call someone shaheed, why are we calling them a shaheed? Anybody know? 
Dun, 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 dun. This is a martyr. What's a martyr? Yes, ma'am. Someone who dies in the name of Allah. Yeah, so someone who's dying in the name of Allah. Why would someone die in the name of Allah? Like, can I just uh, run onto Roosevelt Road and say, Bismillah, and then car runs me over, and then, you know, I die in the name of Allah? What do you think? That's probably not a very good image. I'm sorry. Okay, so maybe I'm defending Islam and Muslims. Yes. Okay. What would be another reason? Yes, sir. Okay, so like you know what we saw when when people are killed in the way of Allah and such. Okay. Um, why would we call that person a shaheed? Why would that person? Because the word shaheed basically means a permanent witness. Why would we call that person a witness? Because they're bearing witness to the truth by not giving up their beliefs, no matter what the cost is. Okay? And in simple language, they're walking the walk. Okay? Now, side point, if your life is in danger, are you, like to, are, you like to how the, are you allowed to hide the fact that you're Muslim? Yeah, of course, definitely, definitely, right? Um, if, you're, if your life is in danger, you almost should, right? But what we're saying is that, what does it really mean, aside from talking about how you die, it's how you live and you walk the walk. You live what it means to be a believer. Okay? So this is another consequence of obeying Allah and His Messenger. Okay? A third is salihin, the salih, which we usually translate as being upright. Salih means that you are so upright that people around you feel compelled to be upright. <coughs> that your character is so upright that people around you also try to be upright just because they're in your company. So it's not, just, it's not just speaking the truth, keeping your promises, not betraying people. It means you do it so well with such determination that other people also feel like they should be behaving upright as well. Okay? So what else do I then do if I want to become more religious? The last part of this ayah says what? Go back to this ayah. What does it say? Anyone, man or woman? Yeah, they're good. they're the best of company. So another way to become more religious is put yourself in their company. So put yourself in the company of people who seem to be very solid about the truth. Put yourself in the company who seem to walk the walk of being religious. Put yourself in the company of people who are upright. Now here's the challenge. Uh, how old are each of you? How old are you? 14. 14. 14. 16. Okay, I'm noticing a pattern here. 13. 13. 14. 14. 14. You weren't sure? 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. 13. If I'm saying put yourself in the company of these people, what are you thinking? These are the most boring, boring people of the world. Okay? But maybe each of you is one or more of these people. Okay? Now, having said that, let's go to, let's work our way up. Let's go to Surat al-Ikhlas. This one's a little bit easier. So... <clears throat> Surah 112 is not telling us to do anything, okay? About whom is this surah speaking? Allah. Allah, okay? 
So what is it saying? Say he is Allah, ahad, the one, Allahu Samad, the one who is not dependent upon anything, yet everything is dependent upon him. Lam yulid wa lam yulad. He does not give birth, nor was he given birth. And there is nothing like him, and there is nothing like anything like him. Okay. So what is another way to get closer to Allah is to get to know Allah better. Okay. Let's go to Surah 2, Ayah 255. So we're actually going to go to here next. Okay. If you look at Surah 2, Ayah 255, what do we call this surah? What is our common name for this, for this ayah? This is Ayat al-Kursi. How many of you have this memorized? Or do any of you? Yeah, yeah, so a few of you. Okay. So, so what is or about whom is this ayah speaking? Skim through it. The whole ayah is about Allah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allahu. La ilaha illahu. So Allah, there is no God but him. Uh, and then so forth and so on. You know, he, he does not rest, he does not sleep, creates everything, he owns all. So, get to know Allah better. We're going to talk about each of these points in a bit. Now let's go back to uh, Ayah 103. Surah, Surah, Surah 103. No. It would be cool if it was, yeah. Okay, so Surah 103, Surah Al-Asr, is saying, indeed, 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 as time races forwards, you're in loss. Okay? Now, think about this, that all the different types of currency that Allah has given you, okay, one is money. Okay? And your money is going to go up and down throughout the whole course of your life. Sometimes it might go really high, sometimes it might go really low, and then it'll come up again, it'll go down again. Okay? Uh, your possessions are also sort of a currency. Sometimes you're going to have more possessions, sometimes you're going to have less. But the biggest currency you have is time. Okay. Like some of you are in my class where I had you count how many days you've been alive. Uh, let's do that again really quickly. So, <clears throat> if you have calculators on your phone. So, calculate. So those of you who are 14 years old times 365 roughly, do that. You know, whatever that math is, I'm not in math anymore. And so, and then add the number of days. So figure out, and then each of you is probably only whatever, 21 times 365, so only about 80,000 days. But um, uh, each of you figure out how many days old you are, like right now. Okay. Sorry? Okay. You're welcome to use calculators. Sorry? Yeah. And don't forget leap years. You guys are acting like I'm like twisting your arm. Seriously? Okay. I don't know. It's, it's like some people are groaning. Okay. So if you're one year old and today's your first birthday, you're 365 days. Yeah? So if you're 10 years old today, you're 36, uh, 3,650 days old. All right. That makes it a little bit easier. 
So how many days old are you? We should ask Dr. Mojia how many days. <laughs> You're 5,459 days old. Oh, yeah. are we adding five? No, not all of yours together, but how many days old are each of you? Specifically. 5,030? Okay. So 5,030 days old? 5,451. Okay. Okay. Whoa. What else? 5,008 days old, okay? 5,350, okay? Okay, have you guys all figured out your ages? Okay, okay, I'll give you another minute. February's 28, uh, 28 days, 28. Best part is like none of our aunties and uncles are figuring out their <laughs> their, their ages. <laughs> you can measure yours in weeks or months. Measure it in months. It won't seem as bad here. Okay, you guys are all done. Okay, let's hear it. How many days? 5,450. Okay. 5,459. 5,030. Okay. 5,258. 5,295. 5,295. 5,295. Okay. Did you figure out yours? Still figuring it out? Did you figure out yours? Okay, we're somewhere in the 5,000, but you can keep figuring it out. So here's what we're saying. This ayah says, as time is moving forward, you're in a state of loss, or state of loss more and more. So we're saying, your time, everyone else, every one of us has a certain amount of time given to us as currency to use, to spend. You've already spent 5,000 days. Think about that. You have spent 5,000 days, and this currency you can't get back. So imagine Allah Ta'ala gave you 6,000 days. And each day, you give one away. Bam, 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 bam. Can't get it back. Okay. Hopefully, inshallah, Allah Ta'ala is giving you more. But the point is, each day, you're spending a day. Okay. So each hour, so multiply this. Should we do that? <laughs> to see how many days, how many hours you've used? Oh, no. Do it. Multiply it by 24. It's just an arbitrary number, huh? <laughs> Multiply by 24, see what you get. Ah. So you have used up 124,000 hours. And 800. And 800, of which I'm guessing 120 of those thousand of those hours were probably on Instagram. No, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yes, Can you pay for it? Ah, I don't use Instagram. Okay, all right. Okay, so, so that means an hour from now, you will have used up another hour. Good. And then tomorrow at this time, you would have used up another full day. Good. And so, Aslam alaikum. So, you're, you're, you're welcome to enter as long as you calculate how many hours old you are. Anyway, so, 
<laughs> exactly. How many hours? 131,000 hours you have used. Good. So probably a third of that is sleeping until you go to college, then two-thirds of that is going to be sleeping. Yes? <laughs> Hundred fifteen thousand hours. Okay. Okay. Not bad. All right. So, what does this ayah say? Let's go back to the surah, surah one hundred three. It says that you are definitely losing out when it comes to time, unless you do these four things. Okay. So, what are these four things? List them out. Okay. Well, before that. Okay. So. So you have illa ladina amanu, and then? Well, I mean, well, you can look at the ayah. I mean, it's a good oh, guess. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, like, uh, my, my cousin asked his son, who at the time was two years old, asked him, do you know what the first ayah is in the Quran? And the kid goes, you have to obey your parents. <laughs> right? yeah. yeah, okay, okay. What's the second thing? Be truthful. Okay, um, before that. So, do right. So it's kind of like, be good. But uh, do right. And then, what's the next one? Okay. So, push others to truth. And then, push others to patience. I'm going to use a different word. I'm going to use perseverance. Say so this is the word sabr. Sabr in Urdu is patience. Sabr in Arabic is perseverance. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now let's go to the last ayah. Surah 2, ayah 177. This is known as, so Surah 2, ayah 255 is Ayat al-Kursi, the verse of the chair. And the one we're now looking at, 177, is Ayat al-Birr, the verse of righteousness. Okay. And this is sort of going to sum it all up together. So uh, let's have uh, uh, someone read it again to us. How about one of the women read it to us? Who would like to read it? The pressure is on. It is not righteousness that you turn your faces towards the east and the west, but righteousness is that one should believe in Allah at the last day and the angels in the book and the prophets and give away wealth out of love for him to the New York king Okay, very good. All right, so let's take this piece by piece. The first part of the ayah says righteousness is not that you face east or west. Someone define for me what does it mean to be righteous. Or another word, a variation of this word, bir, would be to be virtuous or to be upright. What does that mean? Sorry? So you do good deeds? Okay, very good. What else? What else does it mean to be virtuous, righteous, upright? What else? Yes? Have good morals. Okay, so what does that mean, to have good morals? All right. Yeah. What else? Yes, sir. Treat others fairly. So you treat others fairly. Okay. So what's the common element among all these is to have good character. Okay. So what do you think it means 
to face east or west? When? When you're praying. So are you supposed to pay, pay, uh, pray in a particular direction when you pray? Yeah. Right? Which is what direction? Towards the Kaaba. So towards Makkah, towards the Kaaba, right? Which is roughly which way in Chicago? East. Northeast. Unless you decide to live a thousand years in the past and use the flat map, then you pray southeast, but you guys have no idea what I'm saying. Anyway, so, so the point being that uh, you are supposed to pray in a particular direction. But, but one of the lessons here is that even if you pray in the proper direction, that doesn't mean you have good character. See what we're saying here? This is a really big point. Just because I might make my prayers, and I might make them properly, which is what I'm supposed to do, okay, it doesn't automatically mean that I have good character. Okay? Now, if I pray on a regular basis with concentration, with tranquility, should that affect my character? In the long term, it should. Okay. So we have a couple narrations. Uh, among the companions, there is one case where there is one of the companions of the Prophet, peace be upon him, who used to drink. Okay. And when I say drink, you know what I'm talking about. We're not talking about rubs right here. Okay, so he would drink, okay, and the companions would... Con- Sorry? Do they even know what you guys know what rubs is? Yeah, of course. It tastes terrible. You can, you can take the kids out of the subcontinent but you can't take the subcontinent out of the kids. Anyway, so, so the point being that... Um, uh, <clears throat> so the companions would complain, you know, this... It's the most... It's the most delicious, delicious drink ever. And if you go to YouTube, if you go to Wikipedia... Uh, it'll even tell you that it's made in a lab. Right? It's, it's like the, made in the Humdard Laboratory in, in Karachi or something like that. Anyway, anyway, so it's. I mean, I don't know what's in it. I mean, it, it could be something like narcotic, but it's great. Anyway, so, so, so the, point is, the point is, and you know what's even better? What's the green rubs of stuff? You guys had that? That's like even better. Oh man. Of course, by the end of Ramadan, I'm like, I can't drink this anymore. You know? Okay. Good. In case, well, on that note, what's, a, what's, a, what's your favorite thing to drink? Obviously, you're going to see something halal, but what's your favorite thing to drink? Milk. That's, that's what Suleiman would say, isn't it? Okay. Suleiman would say milk. Okay. Jamal, what's your favorite drink? Root beer. Okay, any particular brand? Interesting. What's your favorite drink? Sprite. Ginger ale. I don't know what it's called. I think it's drink. It's blue and it has like these little. I don't know. Creatures? Wait, your favorite drink is like little. What? No, I don't know what it's called. It's like these little. Little balls in there? Like. Tapioca? Like the Japanese. Okay. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite drink? It's a tie between chocolate milk and Fanta. Like. You're, you're, say, you're saying, like, in one glass? No. Okay. No, as in, like, I can't decide between the two. Oh, okay. So, like, so we talked last week about Jibreel Islam offering the Prophet, peace be upon him, milk or wine. And for you, it would be, okay, chocolate or milk or Fanta. You're like, I can't decide. I can't decide. Burak, you're going to have to wait. Okay. Yes. What was your favorite drink? Um, sweet tea. Sweet tea. And uh, hot chocolate's a close second. Okay, and those are in separate classes, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, lemonade. Lemonade. Any particular brand or homemade or? Just lemonade. Yellow, yellow or pink? 
Yellow or pink? Any preference? Uh, pink. pink. Interesting. Root beer. Root beer floats. <coughs> oh, <laughs> and that's like vanilla ice cream on top? Okay. Yes. <laughs> hot chocolate? Sorry? <laughs> orange juice or hot chocolate. I like how many of you have like two choices. Wow. So you have like Fanta and hot chocolate. You have orange juice and hot chocolate. So yours is like the synthetic, right? The fake orange juice. Yes. <laughs> She's like, I'm into the classics. Water. Yeah. In fact, I go myself down into the well. You know? Yes. Yes. Ginger ale. Arnold Palmer. Wow. So what are the parts of Arnold Palmer? Like iced tea? Icy lemonade? Okay, so you actually want iced tea and lemonade together. And what's your favorite drink? No, Butterbeer from Harry Potter World? Butterbeer yeah. from Harry Potter World. Okay, yeah. So, it's really good? It's butter. It's way too sugar Okay. So, I actually, I might have to say, like, cold water. And then Coke Zero would probably be number two. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes? Chai? Chai? Just straight chai? Lipton? Straight from the red and yellow? Okay. Okay. Bubble chai? So we said? No. Okay. Um, so, in any case, I have no idea how we got into this topic, but back to this. We're saying that this one companion used to drink and he would still pray the prayers with the rest of the Sahabas, right? And so one of the Sahabas complained to the Prophet, peace be upon him, saying, Look, this is like, uh, this is a contradiction. You can't go drink uh, and, the, and pray. Now, he wouldn't come drunk to prayer. But he'd pray, and then he'd go out drinking. And the prophet, peace be upon him, said, well, either his drinking is going to start overriding his prayers, or his prayers are going to start overriding his drinking. Right? And so what is the lesson here? That in the long term, yeah, he started to give up drinking. But the point is that even if you feel like nothing in your heart is present when you're praying, you should still keep making yourself pray. There is still an effect. That is still spirituality just by virtue of the fact that you're doing it. But it doesn't mean automatically just because you're doing it you have good character. Right? Then the next, the ayah continues and it says, but true righteousness or true virtue or true character is the following. And we have a few parts here. Three different things together. The first one is that you believe in the following things. What's listed here in this ayah? Yes? Um, Allah, the last day, the angels, the books, the prophets. Okay, so you believe in Allah, the last day, the angels, the books, the prophets. Now, what does it mean if I believe in something? We're not talking about, like, what does it mean theoretically? It means that this is what I have consciousness of in my heart. And that's where my intentions begin. Okay. So here's what happens. <clears throat> Are we allowed to take these Kleenexes, do you think? Okay, so... So, so here's a, a way to think about how life works. You have your heart. Okay. I know you guys want me to draw like the Valentine's Day heart, but no thanks. Okay. Okay, and this is where your uh, we're gonna call it your irada. What's irada in Urdu? Anybody know? So it's a little bit different than Nia. In Arabic it's different. So this is basically what you want. Okay. So when we're talking about your beliefs, we're not just saying you believe in Allah, 
We're actually saying somewhere deep down inside, you want to get closer to Allah, okay? Which could mean that you want Allah to be more clear to you in your life. It could mean that you want more peace in your life, which is what only Allah can give you. It could mean more than that, that on the other side, you want to see Allah, because that's supposed to be the most amazing thing possible, okay? And then your heart informs your intentions. Okay? And then your intentions make your actions happen. Okay? So, <clears throat> what else is in my heart? Maybe I want to do well in school. Okay? So then my intention becomes, okay, I have to study. So that leads me to study. Okay? But then what else happens? Your actions further influence your heart. Okay? And your intentions further influence your heart. So what are we saying here? That suppose I want to do a good action, okay? It will go back to my heart by strengthening my heart more to do good. But suppose I do a bad action. Maybe I lie to someone. Maybe I steal something, right? Whatever it is. Then that also influences my heart by putting what we'd call a black spot on it, okay? Which then means my next intentions will be slightly hazy, okay? which then means my next actions will be slightly hazy. So what we're taught, and this is something to always keep in mind, anytime you do anything bad, what should you do? You should repent, as well as follow it up with a good action. So that almost knocks out the bad action that you've done. Okay? Meaning, anytime you do a bad action, you're putting a black spot on your heart, which makes your intentions hazy, which makes your actions have a, have, uh, might be less and less straight. So follow it up with a good action, follow it up with a good action. Okay? So, <clears throat> what we're saying here is that what you believe in will affect your intentions. Now, a question I think we asked last time, is it possible for me to have good character and not have a religion? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, right? But what we're saying here is that the more you keep your beliefs straight, the more you're definitely going to have good character. But we all know a bunch of people um, who, who may not follow our beliefs who have fantastic character, right? Now, so this is keep your beliefs. Now the second point okay, is about giving. So what does that say? How about one of the gentlemen read for us uh, this next part? That they give and explain the rest. Yes, sir. Uh, and who give away their wealth and substance out of love for him to the near of kin, the orphans, the needy, the wafer, and to those who ask in charity and in ransoming the slaves. Okay. So they give of their wealth. And there's two ways to read this next part. Some translations will say out of their love for Allah. Or another way to read this is against their love for their wealth. So they give of their wealth. So what is the first thing that my belief should lead me to do? Is to give. It's to give and give and give and give. Now look at the list of, of who's there. Do you think that's an order of priority? What do you think? Uh, list them out again. What's the first one? Okay, but after that? To the near of kin. So to your relatives. It's not just, I mean, uh, the Qurba would be your relatives as, as well as your closest friends, right? The orphans. The orphans, then? The needy. So needy in general, yeah, then? The wayfarer. What's a wayfarer? Those, that's kind of where like you see in a translation. Yeah, someone who's traveling, yeah. What else? Those who ask in charity. Okay, so those who are asking, okay. And anyone else? Slaves. And 
to slaves or to set slaves free. Okay. Now, does it say what their beliefs are? No, it doesn't, right? So some of us have non-Muslims in our family. It does not mean that you skip them, right? Uh, many of us, you know, 10, 20 years from now, all of us will probably have non-Muslims in our family. And if they're in our family, they're probably going to be upright people, right? And so the point is, regardless of the beliefs of your, your inner circle or the beliefs of the orphans or the beliefs of the needy or the beliefs of the travelers or the beliefs of the slaves, your job in developing your belief is to give and give and give. Where the prophet, peace be upon him, even said that a believer should be giving every day with every joint. How would you do that? Like, how would you give with your knee? What do you think? So, so basically, I mean, so prostrating can be if I'm also praying for them, right? Or I make it even my work that I'm doing of service. Right, so how many of you, your parents want you to become doctors? What I should ask is how many of you want to become doctors, but I want to ask that question, okay? Being a doctor is a service profession, right? So even with that, make it your intention to serve. Yeah. Should we ask what all the rest of you are supposed to be? Should we ask Suleiman? Suleiman, what do you want to be? Suleiman is like, I want to be a good son <laughs> to my parents. I'm not a, never a doctor, but else not <laughs> I have too many doctors in my family. Yeah, yeah. And I want to drink milk with my parents. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? There's, there's, a, there's this one hadith about these three guys who are stuck in a cave, and one guy starts talking about how he's sitting by his parents' bed all night with a glass of milk. Now when I hear that, I'm going to think of Suleiman, right? You know. Although Suleiman's going to be tempted to drink the glass of milk himself. <laughs> Still want to upright, Marshall. Okay, so. Yes. Yes. Not necessarily order of priority. But would it make sense? Well, I would say, does it make sense that I'd be taking care of other people before I'm taking care of my family? No, probably not. So it might be kind of in an order of priority, but not necessarily, right? Because in a given moment, I might be away from my family, but here's someone who's needy. I would almost put it as though at the top, well, let's look at the first list. The first list is what you believe in. So at the top, you believe in Allah, and then think of all the rest. And so in terms of who do you serve, who do you help, at the top would be your relatives and your, and your friends, and then everyone else. That's, that's how I see it. Yeah. So a way for me to become more religious is to strengthen my belief. And then a really direct way for me to become more religious is to give and to give and to give. Okay. This is what we think of when we think of the prophet, peace be upon him. That anything he had to give, he would give. And even we're often taught that a smile is charity. Okay, why don't you guys all smile? What kind of smile is that? It's like an auntie smile, right? Okay. Smile, smile. Hey, smile. Seriously, man? Much better. Yeah. So long, are you... Yeah. <laughs> good, good, good. You know, I like I like talking about that. Like when I give a juma khutbah, like when I'm standing there, like you guys think like the most painful thing is to listen to a juma khutbah. The most painful thing is to stand and give a juma khutbah, and you have all these uncles who look at you like this. <laughs> like they don't even move. They're literally like frozen still. And then I'll say, and a smile is charity. 
and hoping that everyone smiles, and here's what the uncles do. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like for 30 minutes. I don't even know how that's possible. But in any case, you know, the aunties are a little bit different. The aunties kind of look like this. Ah, cebola. <laughs> in any case, and then what happens after every chutzpah, then there's like a line of people, half of which are asking me questions, the other half of which are telling me everything that I did wrong. But anyway, anyway so, so, so the point is... Are there people who come up to you and tell you that you did wrong? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. The worst, like, I know I'm going to get hit really hard, is like, you know, this uncle will sit down next to me, you know, Bertie, Bertie. And then he's like, you know, I send duas to your parents. Right? That's how it'll begin. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to get killed right now. Right? You know? Yeah. So, in any case, you always have something to give, which is, at the very least, a smile. What happens if someone smiles at you? Yeah, okay, so let's do this as an experiment. You guys all smile at each other, you all smile at each other. Let's see what happens. Like, make it a real smile. What come, that is not a smile, what? I'm not saying to look like a Muppet, okay? Actually, smile at each other, smile. Smile. Smile, smile. Yeah. Well, even, even the aunties are smiling. So, yeah, yeah. So what happens? Yeah, you naturally smile back. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Like if you smile at someone, not including an uncle at Jumal, if you smile <laughs> at someone, okay, most likely people are going to smile back at you. So it's you've caused someone else, by your good deed, you've caused someone else to do a good deed. And that's often what happens when you give. That when you give, often you will inspire other people without even realizing it to also give. Okay? And then if we talk about rewards, you're getting rewarded for yourself or you're getting rewarded for what you've inspired. But even aside from that, if you make it your practice to give, you're going to see other people will start giving as well. That's just how human nature works. Okay? What's the next part? So after you give out of love for Allah or despite your love for your wealth to this person, this person, this person, this person, and then the last section, these are acts of discipline. So what are these? Who, uh, who read last time? One of the gentlemen. One of the ladies, please read for us. We are in Islamic Foundation. Yes. Yeah. You know, let me tell you a joke that's more funny for our older generation that you guys won't laugh at. Yeah, okay, never mind. Okay, continue. Okay. Okay. What is the last part, uh, the next part of this ayah? Yeah, go for it, Ms. Abbasi. Okay, so the last two parts we'll get to in a second, but what are we saying here? These are all acts of discipline. One is that you make your prayers regularly. So we already talked about, you know, your prayers in the long term should affect your character, but it's also an act of discipline okay, uh, to make your prayers. And I'll tell you this, if you're, and I might have mentioned this last time, if you're someone who's struggling to make your prayers, naturally with your school day things might be a little bit more complicated, but what I'm saying is that it is easier to make your five prayers than it is to make one. Why? Why would that be the case? Yes, sir. So possibly you want to do it again, but even more simply, like if my goal is just to make it once a day, then that's going to be my goal. Okay, I've got to make this one. I've got to make this one, almost like it's nagging at me, and I might keep delaying it, delay it, and it's just on my mind. If I make five, then I'm making that my priority. All right, I've got to do this one. 
then I got to do this one, and then I got to do this one. That'll be much more part of your routine. And I'll even tell you, and this is like I'm saying this not theoretically, it's all field tested, that if you make your farth and your sunnahs and your nuffles, that is easier, believe it or not, than to make one farth per day. Okay. And look at it from a different perspective. Shaitan wants you to not pray, right? And the way shaitan works is to chip away at whatever you're doing. So if your goal is just to make one a day, shaitan's going to make that seem like the most impossible task. But if your goal is to make five and all the nuffles, he's going to try to get you to stop doing your nuffles. Okay. See what we're saying? So that's a point to think about, or just to store in your mind uh, long term. Okay. That it is easier to make five full prayers than it is to make on a consistent basis to make one. And what is prayer? You're basically standing and you're falling down a bunch of times. Okay. And how long does it take uh, to pray four rakats? Literally, about 90 seconds. It's that short. And I'm saying, note these things in your mind when prayer starts to feel heavy. But here we're speaking about it as an act of discipline. Zakat is worship in the form of charity. Okay? Meaning zakat is not the same as charity. It's worship in the form of charity. How is that an act of discipline? Because zakat has to be done in a proper way. Which will apply more when, inshallah, all of you guys become millionaires from becoming doctors or whatever it is. And then, uh, of course, hopefully a million dollars will by then be worth a million dollars. But, yeah, we don't need to go there. Okay, then, what else is listed in, uh, after, uh, after uh, uh, zakat and uh, salam zakat? So, another act of discipline is anytime you make a promise, you keep it. And try to really be militant with yourself about keeping your word. Right? That your job as a person is to keep your word. Okay? Which means that we have to be very conscious about the things we say, the things we promise. Be very, very firm about keeping your word. And then what else? What else is next? Communication and distress and affliction and times of conflict. Mm-hmm. So what else we're saying is that you persevere through life, whether you're in distress whether you're injured, whether you're in times of conflict. Meaning, you're going to go through highs and lows. You're going to go through times in your life where you're really full of life and joy, and you're going to go through times in life where you're really, really depressed. Okay? And you still persevere through. Right? Why would someone persevere through, even if everything seems miserable? Why? They have a good yeah, so, so you have conviction that things will get better, especially on the other side, but definitely on this side too. Right? Sometimes, if we're going through a long period or a deep period of sorrow, then it might be something to, to talk to our folks about, right? Because that's also normal. Right? Uh, but the point is that you still do persevere through. Okay? And then what does it say about people who fulfill these three categories? Their beliefs are straight, they give and give and give, and they, they are disciplined. The last part says, these are the people of truth, these are the people of taqwa. Okay. So what we're saying here, how else do I improve? It's with discipline. If I want to become more religious, I increase my discipline, including my acts of worship, as well as my character, as well as my perseverance. Okay. So this sums up all the different things to work on. Uh, Dr. Mohi, how much time do we have left? We have 15 minutes. Okay, very good. So 
So now let's look at these. Uh, I want each of us to pick, I mean, you don't have to raise your hand and tell us, but I want you to consciously try to pick one of these seven things. Okay. That starting at this point, you're going to make it a promise to yourself. Okay. That to help you become more religious, you're going to work on one of these things. So one, number one, is that you're going to work more on obeying Allah and his messenger, which might mean you have to get to know the Quran or the Sunnah better. Okay? And you can pick one thing in there. Okay? Uh, or you're going to find some even better people to hang out with, okay? which also could mean that with your circle of friends, you focus more on living Islam. You focus more on being truthful. You focus more on being upright. Like, have you guys ever heard of the, the, the narration about the, the perfume salesman or the blacksmith? Have you heard of this? So here's how you are to your friends, and here's how your friends are to you. Imagine your friend sells perfume. What's going to happen to you if your friend sells perfume? You're probably going to buy it. What else might happen? You're probably going to smell better, right? Yeah. Just by being in the company of, of someone who sells perfume, you're probably going to smell better. That's how you influence your friends. That's how your friends influence you if you are being upright. Or your friend is like a blacksmith. Okay. What happened? What's a blacksmith? Anyone? Yeah, they make tools like they're hammering, and like sparks come out and all that stuff. Okay. So what will happen if you spend time with a blacksmith? I mean, I don't think you're automatic. It's like, okay, if you become a doctor, you're gonna, you spend time with a doctor, you're going to become a doctor. Okay. What will happen? You're going to smell bad. You're going to look nasty. You're going to be covered up in soot, right? And that is also how you influence your friends and how your friends influence you. Meaning, if you, if you behave in an inappropriate way, it's like you're covering yourself up and your friends up with soot. If you behave in an upright way, it's as though you are gracing yourself and your friend with perfume. Right. Good perfume, not that nasty stuff that you get at a grocery store, right? Like real good stuff, right? Yeah. The finest. You know, I, I was in Cairo for a short period of time, and there was this guy who had a whole shop where he was selling, like, perfumes that came from the oils of, like, different animals. Like, do you know where musk comes from? It comes from deer. So he even had perfume that came from the oils of the blubber of whales, right? And I didn't want to smell all this stuff, but um, I'm sure it all smelled really good. But anyway, anyway, the point being that, yeah, that's what you are to your friends, and that's what your friends are to you. So that's another possibility, that uh, either you try to put yourself in the company who are people like what you want to be in a positive way, or you work with that with your friends. Or number three, what are ways to get to know Allah better? How would you answer that question? Yes, ma'am. So it could go back to number one. It could also go back to praying more, right? As well as just thinking about Allah, right? I want each of us to take a moment and think about Allah. Just don't think about anything else. Just try to think about Allah. Okay. Uh, share with us what you thought of. Milkman, what did you think of? <laughs> J-Man, what'd you think? Light, mostly. Light? Um, gave us everything we have. Like, what is he thinking of us right now? Oh, that's pretty deep. Wow. 
there's this there's this really nice line of poem. Um, uh, I don't know if I shared it last week. Uh, uh, attributed to or about this one scholar from 800 years ago. His name is Abdul Qadir Jilani, and he's doing sajda right in front of the Kaaba. Okay, so I mean that's about the holiest of holies. You're not just in front of the Kaaba; you're doing sajda. And he's saying to Allah, Allah, yeah, Allah, I think about you all the time. Do you ever think about me? Right? Yes? Um, okay. It's also, you guys read Judy Bloom? Does your generation read Judy Bloom? Okay, it also reminds yeah. you of, are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Okay, go ahead. Yes? I also thought of light. Light? What do you think of? Um, he is the most merciful. Nice. Um, I thought of, like, yeah, everything. Like, okay. he's, like, He's bigger and better. Yes. yes. Sky. Oh, sky. Light. light. He's like the creator of everyone. Uh huh. Like how much God has done for us, and then how much He'll continue to do. Oh, nice. So not just what He's done, but will continue to do. Very good. Just light. Light. Yeah. He's like omnipotent. Uh, omnipotent. Okay. Very nice. Big words. It's like an SAT word for Anne Marshall. Okay. You guys still take the SAT, right? Do they still have that thing? Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Okay. So what we're saying is another way to get to know Allah better is just when you're sitting there, when you have free time, reflect. And a way to reflect on Allah is to reflect on all the wonderful things He's made around you and within you. So now let's take a moment. Think of some wonderful things in your world that Allah has given you. Okay, take a moment and then we'll share those. And again, don't say what you're supposed to say, right? Say what comes to mind. Okay, what do you got? Nice. Oh, my parents and your cat. And your cat. <laughs> Should I ask which one is more valuable? Okay. Family. Family. Family and friends. Family and friends. An opportunity to go to school. Okay. School. Yes. Family. 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 Uh, like food and shelter. Food and shelter. Family, 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 family. Food. Okay, very nice. Yes. I didn't hear the question. Think of, we'll come back to you, think of uh, anything wonderful that Allah Ta'ala has given you. Sulma, what do you got? A house. A house. The ability to do what I want to do. Whatever it is. Do you have like superpowers to? No. Not really. Someday, inshallah. Yes? Um, teachers who are really trained. Oh, teachers. Especially the ones that show up every once in a while. <laughs> yes, yes. And the ability to learn. Whoa, well, you got a lot of deep ones today, much. <laughs> Just life in general? Yeah, he's basically giving us everything. Okay, okay, good. So what are we saying? Even uh, when you are feeling down, one thing to do is to try to think of things that are good and happy in your life that Allah Ta'ala has given you, and that is a way to get to know Allah better. Another way to get to know Allah better is to work on your beliefs, doing right, pushing others to truth, pushing others to perseverance. How do you push others to truth? Part of it is speaking the truth. What else? Okay. What else? Because speaking the truth is one thing, but what does it mean to push others to truth? Interrogate. Interrogate. Yeah. Put them in a dark room. Where were you? You know, on the night. Yeah. Uh, this also means when you hear your friends saying inappropriate things to, as your friend who cares about them, to call them out. Right? Not everyone, my friend, not like that, right? You know, but say, yeah, just correct them. Okay? Likewise, the perseverance. That when you are, when you see your friend is 
getting ready to give up that you push your friend to keep persevering forward. Okay. And then, of course, we spoke about giving and we spoke about increasing your discipline. So all of these are pathways to become religious. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Before I run. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you some short answers, but it could probably be a whole other session. Usually, uh, what we get stuck on when we're praying, I'm sure this doesn't happen to any of you, right, is that, uh, yeah, you start thinking about everything else that's going on in your world, right? You know, housework, job, schoolwork, making sure Suleiman gets his milk, all those things. <laughs> so, Suleiman's going to go home, he's going to drink his vitamin D like, no, like there's... Anyway, so... So, do you have any particular, like, do you prefer vitamin D or skin? Or <laughs> I'm a vitamin D guy myself. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it's enough. It's enough. I'm find you and kill you. Okay, so, so, so the basic, uh, uh, that's usually related to not as much where our mind is, but where our heart is. So a way to develop focus is to, focus, to figure out your needs, okay? Like before you start praying, okay? Even if it's one need. And then... Try to really feel the need of your need. And we can do an exercise in that in just a second. But then you're trying to direct your need to Allah. Okay? And now pray with that sense of your need. Okay? That will, uh, the more you can get uh, better at focusing on the need you have that only Allah can address, it's going to make you forget all the other things. And you're going to focus on your need for Him. Yeah. Yes? Uh, are your kids in this room right now? Okay, we don't have to point out who they are, but okay. okay. Uh, how do we give them the pride of being Muslim? I, uh, it sounds to me like they're pretty confident. I'm sorry? Sounds to me like they're pretty confident they're Islam. Yeah. I don't know if many of them are uh-huh. Sure, maybe not as much. Uh, but it sounds like the, the, the comments everyone's making here, literally everyone here, it sounds like there is quite a bit of confidence that they have in their, in their dean, right? Meaning it sounds like all of them, I mean, every one of us, you know, has our issues that we need to work on, right? You know, if my mother was in this room right now, she'd probably be saying, see, they bear tall, Zorzabal, right? Right? I mean, so all of our parents have ways to, to, you know, figure out what we need to improve upon. But I'd say that, you know, mashallah, I think every single one of the, the, the young people here seems to have some confidence in their dean. Um, but yeah, everyone can improve also, you know. So maybe here's what you guys can do. Now, I was going to say you can, okay, when you go to school tomorrow, stand at your table and say, I bear witness, right? Okay, that's probably not what you're talking about. Oh, no, but in serious, you know, you know, you know where you should really do it? When you're in TSA on your way to a plane, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. No, so... Yeah, like, you know, actually, you know what you can do with one of the bins is, like, take out your sword, just leave your sword there. This is my Islam sword, and then come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But standing on the bins. But part of what I'm illustrating is that uh, the, the comfort with which everyone was answering questions, as well as the ease it was for everybody to laugh, right? Uh, that I read as, as a certain amount of confidence that they have in their dean, maybe even more than they realize. So 
Uh, I'd say, I mean, everyone has places to improve, but it seems to me that they, they are, uh, uh, every single one of these, these young men and women seems to be in a good place. Yeah. But of course, we all have places to improve upon, inshallah. So. But, uh, and so what I'm saying is the confidence will automatically pride in the dean. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's, that's, yeah. that's in terms of the idea of you know, the, the point you brought up at the beginning. Don't if, if you don't meet that visual image of what you think of as a religious person, or you don't even aspire to be like that, because maybe you don't. You know, maybe what you thought of as this is a religious person is not who you want to be. Mm-hmm. Don't let your the whole point of what we're trying to do here at MLA is to teach is to teach you guys be yourselves and understand that you are you are a Muslim mm-hmm. in whatever capacity you choose to take that forward. Inshallah and continue to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. Always have that intention. But don't sell yourself short mm-hmm. and don't tell yourself that you're not you're not religious because you don't fit this you know. If I you know, let me just ask you this. If I ask you to picture an Islamic scholar, what comes up in what comes up in your mind? What does that person look like? What does that person look like in your mind? He has a beard. <laughs> <laughs> he has a beard. Topi. Glasses. How many people thought of Brother Omar right off the bat? Not me. I did. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, Good. I'm just Good. the point being that, you know. Give up your own stereotypes in your head about what a Muslim scholar is, what being a Muslim is. That will make you more comfortable with the idea that you're a Muslim. You have mm-hmm. Yeah, we all have work to do. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't sell yourself short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're worth more. Somebody else is raising your hand. You're raising your hand. I was just asking, I mean, all the kids here are a little older, and I'm sure they have younger siblings. I mean, these kids grew up in a better world and a better time. But with the younger kids right now, their minds are so jello, and with all the negativity out yeah. there, like how can, like as parents talk to them, or like older siblings yeah. talk to them? Because they have a lot of questions. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, the, the million dollar challenge is basically to make it so that your child feels comfortable in saying anything to you. Not in terms of disrespect, right? But, uh, uh, but when they have questions and they're in need, you talk to them, right? So, so I was texting, uh, there's this meme going around of uh, like this chalkboard that says, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And in the center is a picture of a girl looking at the board this little hijabi girl, and then it says, and she still persisted, right? It's making fun of like what, the, what these politicians are saying. So then I sent it to my daughters, right? And, say, and I said to them, okay, no matter what anyone says to you, you can just keep persisting, right? So how does my 16-year-old response? Thanks, bro. <laughs> right? Okay. And so naturally I say, you know, I can't wait till you have children because your child's going to say thanks, bro. And so how does a 13-year-old respond? Thanks, bro. Right? Yeah. <laughs> But the fact is, they're comfortable in saying those things, right? And I think the more comfortable your children are in talking to you, and that will happen by you talking to them, not how's your day, because none of our kids are going to tell us how's your day. But you try to get them in your day, like, you know, here's what's going on with me and such. Yeah. Okay, very good, everyone. So you guys have all made a promise. <clears throat> You've all made a promise to pick one of these things. 
to work on to improve yourselves. All right, subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashadu illa ilaha illa anta, nastagfiruka, wa natubu ilaik, wa akhir da'wana, anilhamdulillahi rabbil